everyone. Welcome back to the CTYA podcast. We are so glad that you joined us here today. Sit back, relax, get out your favorite pencil, your favorite notebook. May you be blessed in the Lord. thankful for the presence of the Lord that we have in this place. Amen. How many of you know that even if he didn't manifest himself in this way, he's still here, he's still God, and he's still on the throne. Amen. But I never want to come into a place like this and gather with like-minded believers and not be touched by the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. He doesn't always come in a way that that wows us, you know. Tonight, I, I think tonight was kind of a wow moment for me. I mean, God's presence is so sweet in this place. But just, just because you don't feel Him, maybe, that does not mean that He does not exist or that He is not here. Because God is real. That's the God that we serve, and He loves us so very, very much. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I want to give honor where honor is due. Thank you to the Hussies for allowing me to get up here and, and talk to you all this evening. It's a, it's a pleasure and a joy of mine to be able to do this. Uh, however, I do feel kind of a heavy, a heavy heart a little bit uh, for what the Lord may have for us this evening. Uh, if you could turn in your Bibles to Jeremiah chapter 36... We're continuing on with our our God's Word for Life series, and the title of this is Unmoved by God's Word. Um, It's a short snapshot of our our scripture here I'll give after we read. Jeremiah chapter 36, verse 21 through 24 says, So the king sent Jehudai to fetch the roll, and he took it out of out of Elishama, the scribe's chamber. And Jehudai read it in the ears of the king and in the ears of all the princes which stood by, beside the king. Now the king sat in the, in the winter house in the ninth month, and there was a fire on the hearth burning before him. And it came to pass that when Jehudai had read three or four leaves, he cut it with a penknife and cast it into the fire that was on the hearth until all the roll was consumed in the fire that was on the hearth. Yet they were not afraid, nor rent their garments, neither the king nor any of his servants that heard these words. Can you imagine that? The roll was not just any roll. It was a, it was a word from God from the prophet Jeremiah that his secretary, you would call it, or, or scribe, would write down at, at, his, at his words. That God commanded him to give these, these to the king of Judah. Jehoiakim. And when it was read before the king, the king had such disregard and such, such disconnect with, with the Spirit of God and with the Word of God that he began to cut it as it was being read and just toss it in the fire, just seemingly nonchalantly, I can imagine, and maybe getting frustrated and angry at the things which the prophet would say, which were prophecies of judgment coming upon them if they didn't turn their ways. Yet he gets angry and calls for the, the prophet Jeremiah and his, and his scribe Baruch to, to be killed. But God had hid them by the counsel of some other people that knew that how the king was going to react. They said, go hide yourselves. Hide yourselves. But 
Even, even if they would have hidden themselves, I believe that the king could have found them. The king, with all of his many resources, could have found them, but God hid them. God hid them. I'm thankful for the protective hand of the Lord. How many of you here believe that the Bible is the Word of God? Amen, right? I, I think that's pretty general in here. The Bible is the Word of God. And there's re- what, why would we have reasons to doubt? Maybe, maybe they say it's, oh, maybe it's inconsistent or, or something of that nature. Or, or maybe that science just doesn't back up the Bible, maybe. However, if they dig a little further, they would find that science indeed does back up the Bible and, and that it is not inconsistent, that God used people to write down His Word and, and bring forth light and, and truth into, the huma- into humanity's broken condition. Amen. Gabe, do you have that little video? This is kind of going to highlight a little bit, I hope it plays, but highlights a little bit of how we can trust the Word of God. Hopefully you like it. It's, it's a good one. Oh, yeah, it's a good one. If we can get the sound on. Maybe we start it over here. It's not very long. Who else going to play? A dog, a giraffe, the animals that know what's on? You trust a cook, brother? The animals that know what's on? All right. So, still mega recipes. <laughs> no, uh, man, but what are some of the recipes we can use from the Word of God, right? I mean, yes, it was written by man, but our all-powerful, all-knowing God knows how to move upon the hands of, the, of man to write His perfect Word of God on pages for us. Amen. The Bible says it is God-breathed. It doesn't say that exact word. But it says all Scripture, right, is given by God. Which given by God there can be taken as God-breathed. Literally, they wrote as, as God pushed the pen in their hands. That's the word. It, it's not inconsistent or anything like that to believe that, that God can do that. If we believe that God exists, God being God would have to be above our ways, right? Otherwise, He's not really a God. He'd be more like one of us, maybe. And it's not unreasonable that God can do miraculous things like preserve His Word through the centuries, right? So knowing that, that the Bible is the Word of God, right, and knowing that the Bible is true, the Bible states things in, the, in it that, that we should live by, correct? It's like saying... I use this in Bible studies, sometimes describing salvation. Like, you can believe in Jesus, or you can believe in the Word, but what good does it do just to believe and not act upon it? So, like, if somebody's in a boat and drowning, right, you just throw them a life preserver, and they believe it's there, but they don't grab a hold of it, they're going to drown. <laughs> you still making recipes? <laughs> anybody, anybody know any of those recipes that we have in the Word of God? Anybody? Anybody all? Travis. Salvation. What is it? I'm going to have to say it louder, man. Come on, you say you're, you say you're called to preach. You Come on, get, that's all you got? <laughs> come on, one more time. You can do it. Yeah. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. 
How about this one? I would that all men everywhere would lift up holy hands without wrath or doubting. That's another one. These things God gives us that we might live a good and pure and holy life. Yet sometimes I find it easy to become distracted from the things of God and maybe scroll through an Instagram feed or something, you know, still making recipes. But you always must come back to the Word. It's easy to become distracted from what He's done. If we go to our story, so Jehoiakim wasn't even the rightful king of Judah at the time. See, Josiah was a good and righteous king. He started to reign at eight years old. I wouldn't want that responsibility, especially not if it was my toddler reigning. Um, yeah, that'd be bad, especially because she's been throwing fits lately. Tell you what, terrible twos, real. Terrible threes, worse. <laughs> oh, mine. She's not even three yet, so we'll see how that goes. So maybe she's still in the terrible twos. How does that work? Anyways, so we have those things, the commands and the recipes of God, and God has reasons for what he puts in the Bible. It's nothing, nothing like God just wants to be in control and say, here you go, you have to do this or else. That's not what, that's not what God is doing in the Bible. That's not what the Bible's for. The Bible teaches us how to live, that we can be blessed by God, and that we can have eternal life with God. Not that He's holding a hammer over our head or anything like that, but that we might be blessed by God. See, biblical things like holiness are, are a blessing for us. The standards that we teach and preach at our churches, they're, they're good for us. They're, they're holiness. It's like one, somebody said one time, it's like this horse, he was watching all these wild wild horses run and you probably heard it before he was he was inside the fence he was he was owned he was tamed but he wanted out of the fence so one day he decided to jump he jumped over the fence and was running free and wild until winter hit then he looked back on the fence and he realized that all of his friends that were in the fence they had a warm bed they had warm hay good food they were all taken well care of but now he was stuck outside freezing to death like that's holiness for us we are able to keep that and to be led by that because it's in his word right so anyways god has the reasons for doing that is anybody able real fast if not i've got it marked to pull up second timothy chapter 3 verse 13 through 17 somebody with a louder preacher voice than travis <laughs> No, I just like picking on Travis. But anyways, it's good to have them back from Connecticut because it brought a little fresh energy to the maintenance team at IBC. So that was good. They weed-eated the whole property, which had been neglected. Um, <laughs> so we put them out there when they got back in the hot sun, you know, something they've been doing all summer, believe it or not. But anybody got 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 13? Gabe? That's what I'm talking about. I can hear him from the back, Travis. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Go ahead. They will deceive others and will themselves be deceived. But you must remain faithful to the things you have You know they are true, for you know and you trust those who taught you. You have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Okay, go on with the last two there.
So, so all Scripture, right? He gives, he gives a list here. He gives it's, it's four reasons, right? Like I've been talking about, it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof and for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfectly and thoroughly furnished unto all good works. But right before that, there's something else that I want to drive at this tonight. There, there's something that he warns about, and this, this starts out in chapter 3. You know that in the last days, I believe that we are in the last days. If you look around at the conditions of the world, I believe that God's coming is, is no close. No, it, is, it is sooner now than it's ever been. Amen. But perilous times shall come. Men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, and on and on and on. But then he comes to verse 13. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. See, Jehoiakim, he... He was not ignorant of the word. Because we talked about Josiah, the good king. He found the scrolls, the, the, the word of God, and he read that and it repented him. He, he buried his face, he rent his clothes, he, he, he repented before God and turned the whole nation around. But do you know who Josiah was? Is Jehoiakim's dad. Jehoiakim was not ignorant. He was not ignorant. However, I do believe that he may have been deceived by his own pride, his own idolatrous nature, his own, the own things that were in his life. See, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. We've got to keep our hearts right that, that we would not be deceived by the world. We've got to learn the word, to know the word, to live the word. That's what we've got to do. To avoid being deceived in these last days. I don't want to get to the end of the line and realize that I'd been deceived. In any way, shape, or form. There's two types of deception. There's, there's being deceived by others, and then there's deceiving yourself. And we'll get to that one later. But being deceived by others is, is hard to do when you know what you believe. When you know the Word of God. And you know that it's changed your life. And, it's, and you know that if you live it, it brings blessing. It brings satisfaction. It brings all of these wonderful promises of God to fruition in your life. When you live after the Word of God. It's hard to be deceived by, by anything else. But if you don't know it, maybe, maybe you could find yourself in Jehoiakim's position where you're just cutting the Word of God away. I don't like that, I don't love this, don't need that, just cut it away. Or, or maybe you're listening to the pastor preach and you just kind of roll your eyes and say, what is he talking about? Like, I don't care. Or, or maybe, maybe you just say, I, I don't need that pastor. You know, the Word of God is, is pure. And it'll purify your life. Pastor preached so well on, on Sunday morning about that daily bread and that daily connection with God. That daily connection, the manna that fell from heaven, isn't just prayer, but it's also getting into His Word. Communication with God goes two ways. Prayer goes two ways. It's talking to God and casting our cares upon Him like Brother Kilman preached about last Wednesday night. It, it's, that, it's that as well, and it's, 
It's repentance. It's all of these things, but it's also taking time to listen to God's voice in your life. And you can't do that with all the distractions in the world pressing upon you unless you push all of that away. Push the Instagram, the the Netflix, or whatever it is that you're distracted with. You have to push it all aside and get alone with God so that He can speak to your life through His Word. You bury your face in the Word. Some of my favorite memories are when God just spoke to me right where I was at. I had prayed and prayed, not heard a, not heard a voice in my head or nothing, but I, I read His Word, and it spoke to my situation just like that. That's the power of the Word of God. It's a living Word for a reason. It's the living Word for a reason. Amen. So, if we heed the Word of God, it leads us to salvation, right? It makes us wise unto salvation. Wise unto salvation. It doesn't just give us a formula for salvation, right? To know what salvation is, like repentance, baptism, and and, and filling of the Holy Ghost, and living a holy life, right? But it makes us wise unto salvation. We can recognize what salvation is. We can recognize that in, in our life. When we're right with God, however, you mean to be careful, lest you think too highly of yourself. We'll get there in a minute with Jehoiakim. But you can recognize, it makes you wise unto salvation. It is, it is good for the doctrine, the reproof, the correction, the instruction. In our lesson of Jehoiakim, Jeremiah had, had been in, in touch with God, and God had been speaking to him, and Baruch wrote the words of God on, on ink, in ink. And they took it before the people. And you would think, because if we go back to Jeremiah, they, they called a fast day. You would think maybe, oh, they're repenting. But no, that fast day was actually called before they'd even heard the word. The fast day may have been just empty worship or empty, empty something. Maybe it was because they were in trouble and had enemies around them. But Jeremiah was very specific to go and read that on the fast day. And they heard it. And the princes, some of them were afraid. And so they took it before the king. And that, the king is the one that wrote it off like nothing mattered. When you're in a spot where you can influence others, you've got to be careful what you do with the influence that you have. Jehoiakim could have learned from his dad to be a good and righteous king. He could have watched the blessing that came through his dad's reign when he turned the nation back to God and destroyed the idols. But rather, he followed after his brother, who was the king just before him, and turned the nation back to idols. He had that influence in his hands, but he could have used it for something greater. Instead, he threw away the word of God and the blessings of God and and brought judgment upon the nation. That's, that's why we're here. That's why we find him there ripping apart the Scriptures because he just didn't care. Maybe he was just too pride and high on himself. Maybe he was just too high on himself. I'm going to go, go here to, to um, chapter 4. Flip one page over here in, in 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy... Chapter 4, again, Paul, these are his last words to the church, right? To, to Timothy before he is, is beheaded and, and dies for this truth. He says, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. 
For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. God forbid if it ever be said of us that we would not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lusts, they shall, shall they heap up to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. You know, at the root of Jehoiakim's sin was his own desires, his own lusts, the things that he wanted. And that's something that we have to lay down every single day. You don't graduate from that. You don't, you don't grow up out of that. Because the flesh is flesh as long as you're in the flesh. <laughs> Sorry, there's no way around it. It's a personal consecration to God. It's a personal consecration to God. Jehoiakim lacked that. I'm sure his dad might have tried to pull him in. Josiah, it says, was a righteous king that did everything like, like David did. But his sons turned away from God. His sons turned away from God. They had a choice. God's not up there. He'll never force obedience to His Word. He will never force obedience to His Word. Won't do it. But He'll always give us the choice to or to not to. <laughs> to not to. <laughs> so, what do we choose but to obey? Right? What was the message that that Jeremiah was, was bringing to Jehoiakim. It was one of judgment. There was, there was judgment coming for the idolatrous nature of the nation and the sins that, that, that he had committed. And, and the response was not what you would expect, right? I mean, somebody told me the nation's going to be destroyed. I'd at least think about it, right? It wasn't one of repentance because he was built up in his own pride. It wasn't, it wasn't one of, of brokenness. It wasn't any of that. But it was, it was pride and arrogance in his own ways. He exalted. He wasn't even the rightful king. But he got used to power maybe. Influence. All of these things. Having what he wanted all the time. So who is God? Sounds like Pharaoh really. Like who's this God that I should, I should obey him? See, sin never goes unpunished. Never. So he should have repented. He should have been like his father who tore his clothes and repented before the word and pleaded after God for his nation. But instead we find a selfish king that just wanted to burn the word. Why is that? Why, why do some people do that? And I believe it's because of their own desires. So we've got to check our hearts, check Check what God is doing. The two deceptions are, are pretty, pretty simple. There's deceiving by, by others, right? You've been deceived by others. You've taken away from what you thought you knew, and you're, you're looking at something different that isn't true. You're deceived from truth to not truth, right? But there's another one. James chapter 1. Let's turn there real quick. James chapter 1, verse 21 through 22, it says, Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. doesn't stop there. It says, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. 
If any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. The word, the Bible says it's a light unto our feet and a lamp to our path, right? It shows us where we're at and where to go. It illuminates things for us. Like Jesus said, why do they tarry in darkness? Because they hate the light. The word illuminates things in our lives. And to be a hearer only is to see that illumination and just turn around and allow yourself to be deceived or to deceive yourself. That's the other kind of deception. We know the tricks of the world. We hear it all the time, right? They're marketed to us all the time. But sometimes it's easy enough to just see what we need to do and turn around because we're scared of the effects that it might have in our immediate life. That shouldn't be. That right there is a trick of the enemy. It's, it's pride, it really is. It's pride of our own hearts. Say, what if this happens? What if I, what if I repent and, and people find out what I really am? But what if you repent and God turns you into somebody completely different that's blessed? There's two deceptions. There's deception of others and deception of yourself. The world's response to the gospel is not one of repentance, clearly. We saw that in, um, in probably the Roe versus Wade turnover. There's a lot of uprising against that. However, that was praise God for that. Praise God that we made a step in the right direction. Long way to go, but the right direction. But it's not one of repentance, typically. It's one that would cut it apart and burn it in the fire. Obedience to the Word is something different. Obedience looks more like Josiah who, who did repent and turned and destroyed the idols. But the distractions of the world sometimes keep that from happening in our own lives. We get so busy, so caught up. Sometimes it's not even sinful things. It's just caught up in the things of the world. Just, just caught up with life. That we forget to set our own will aside to set everything else aside and let God have His way. We just, we forget. We get busy. Other times it is sin. Other times it's, it's stuff that we know is wrong. And we've seen it in the Word of God, but we'd rather not do it. He that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. That's the Word of God. We can, we can put things before our eyes. We can... We can go places we shouldn't. We can have conversations we shouldn't. We can talk behind people's backs we shouldn't do. All of that pulls us away from the, from the King of kings and the Lord of lords and who we ought to be in Christ. All of that. Every time we, we, we step away from the Word of God, it's like taking a pair of scissors and throwing it into the fire and disregarding it. Saying, God, I, I, I just don't need that today. I just don't need, don't need this part today. The distractions and... Things of this world are easy to come by and easy to be deceived by. Popularity and the things that, things that we deal with as human beings. It's easy. Some people just don't want to consecrate. There's a saying that the easier you live for God, the harder it's going to be. But the harder you live for God, the easier it will be. The more you give yourself to Christ, the more you... 
you, you let yourself be controlled by Him and His Word. You take heed to His Word. The easier time you're going to have living for Him because you're going to see what God does with your life. You're going to see results. There's no way around it. You're going to see results from living like you ought to. We ought to see that in our own lives. Living for Christ. But when we turn the other way, that's when things get yucky. <laughs> See, God's Word is still making recipes for us, right? <laughs> we could take a cookbook and make recipes, but sometimes we don't like to follow the recipes that lead into eternal life. You know, it's just a dumb video. Dumb video. That lady's really funny, though. I just want to throw that out there. Uh, yeah. That, that's one of my wife's things, just so you know, I'm not like scrolling through. <laughs> no. Um, but it's so true. Like, a recipe book, so simple, written by man, but we trust it. This Bible, it ain't that simple. But it's still written by man. It's written by God through man. And God, who is above all else, has a perfect word and a perfect will for our lives that we can follow to a T. And when we do, we'll see results that not only affect our lives, but those around us. Oh my, can't even read my own notes. Too small. <laughs> I'm closing. Closing with this. James gave us the... You can, you can stand if you want. James gave us that little clip there of what we can do. It's real simple. It's one of those little recipes in the Word of God. Lay it aside. Lay it aside. My wife and I go to Canby on, on Sunday mornings, and so we catch up with Calvary online and all of that. But Brother Sizemore preached, preached a good, good message. Just loose it and let it go. He's talking about Lazarus. When Lazarus came out of the grave, he had to be loosed and let go. And there's sometimes things in our lives that, that seem to need loosed and let go because we never realize the potential that is there when it's wrapped up in grave clothes. His point was that even though Lazarus had been resurrected and even though many of us have been saved and been born again of water and of spirit repentance, baptized in Jesus' name and, and filled with the Holy Ghost. And if you haven't, you need to do that. That is an essential recipe. You don't, you don't get salvation without it. It's like making a cake with salt instead of sugar. It just doesn't work out. My mom did that to a pie one time. It was nasty. But, <laughs> well, I can't say it was nasty. She made it for my dad before we were born. But it's a funny story. Um, Dad said it was nasty. <laughs> Salvation is one of those essential, essential recipes from the Word of God. And even though we, we get sal we, we're saved, that living a holy lifestyle is still a growing process in us where God has to purify us and keep coming back to us. And we've got to keep laying things aside, loosing it and letting it go, that, that we might see the potential that God has for our lives, that we can reach out to Him and, and He can call us out of a grave of sin and unrighteousness and whatever it is, or complacency or apathy or laziness or slothfulness and all of these things that might keep us from the things of God. 
and he can say, loose that and let it go. Jehoiakim would have had a completely different outcome if he'd have just let that affect his heart. The title of the lesson is Unmoved by the Word of God. God forbid that we find ourselves coming into a house, coming in and hearing the Word of God, or, or sitting alone at our table, and that doesn't have to be some crazy wild thing, but reading the Word of God and being unaffected by it, or God pricks our heart about something and being unaffected by it. Could you imagine how the day of Pentecost would have been if they were not pricked in their hearts by the Word of God? <laughs> we probably wouldn't be here today. But that's the cool thing about God. God is able to look through all of the junk and all of the filth and all the stuff that we let in our lives sometimes. And He's able to touch that heart of stone and make it tender again. That's the God that we serve. Help us not to be unmoved by the Word of God. It's a lamp to our feet and a light to our path if we'll just listen to it. If we'll just obey it. Blessing. Everything we find in the Word of God. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing when we can come into the place, this place and be in the presence of God. But we should never leave this place without giving God a chance to open our hearts up. Maybe convict us or maybe just encourage us. Not everybody's going through a hard time. We're all in different seasons of life, different areas of life, but God knows how to speak to each and every situation, no matter where you're at. He's our God. He's our King. And His Word is true. We ought to let it move us. Every time we hear pastor preach, every time we hear a lesson, every time we begin to open our word at home and, and begin to dig in and find it for ourselves. Let it move you. Let it move you. Amen. And I'm, I'm done. I'm done today. I wonder if there's somebody in this place that you may not respond tonight, but maybe you'll go home and find your Bible. Maybe it's been a while. Or maybe you're not consistent with it. Pick it up and read it. And let God wash you again. Let God speak to your heart and move you. Let God move you. Amen. Brother Hudson.